Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Small Seed Big Impact Podcast. We hope these episodes plant seeds that inspire big impacts in your life. Shane and I are your hosts. Don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know what you thought of this week's episode. All right, y'all, enjoy. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the first episode of Small Seed Big Impact Podcast. It's your girl, Holly, and... Not your girl. Your boy. (laughs) Your boy, Shane. This is going to kind of just be a little intro, let you guys know what to expect for the upcoming episodes. I've been asking Shane to start a podcast for a while now, since I got him podcast equipment for his birthday last year, because... We often have, like, really great conversations. We debate each other. We actually, like, have a lot of similar views, but I feel like we also, like, will build on top of each other. If one person's talking about something, we're like, yes, but also this, but also that. I think we have a lot of similar end goal views and different views on how to get there. It's true. That's because we're two different people. We have very opposite personalities. But... The main goal of this podcast is really to just plant seeds of inspiration, motivation, and like positivity, and to allow you to think in different ways, and hopefully transform your life or transform the way that you think about things. And we're about to have some real cool, dope friends on this podcast who are doing really cool things in their field. We've been, like, super lucky to meet really cool people. Is it luck? Is it luck? No, it's not luck. It's the energy. I think. Uh, hard work attracts hard work. True. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of cool people on this show. Um, some of our friends are, like, serial entrepreneurs, and you guys obviously know we're vegan, so we'll definitely have some cool vegan people on here. Nutritionists. Doctors. Oh, yeah. We want to get Opal's doctor on here because so many of you always ask about raising Opal vegan, and he's a vegan pediatrician who actually promotes veganism and gluten-free. In North Carolina. In North Carolina. And if anyone knows, that's that's a mind-blowing factor. It should be fun. I feel like there was something else on our list of people that were going to come. Who else? Other than entrepreneurs, plant-based people. Fitness, sexy fitness bitches. Just me. Getting (laughs) sexy. True. I was like, maybe I'll find some butt vegans, but mm, you got to be butt for me to show show up. Oh, I know one. The love of your life. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to name drop him on the first one, but I don't know if he's butt for me, but he's definitely bigger than me. If you know who Shane's love of his life is, you know who we're talking about. He's definitely coming on here. Episode 23. Oh. That's not very far away. That's 23, 23, 23 weeks. 23 weeks now. I mean, like, he already calls me bro. We're friends. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> we're just going to we're gonna go stay at his Airbnb, and then I'm going to ask him to come over, and we can record. <laughs> and then we're going to go work now, out. Yeah, we will definitely know who it Facts. is. <laughs> big fact, big Put it out there in the universe. <laughs> it's called manifestation. That's how he got his, uh, his uh, beautiful car of his life. Man, I'm not a Porsche guy, but it's like the G2R. Our 
G2, R, R2, G2, whatever. Well, that sounds GTR2. Like, it literally sounds like Star Wars. Anyway. He's writing, he's writing It was on his manifesting board, so that's going on my manifestation board. 23. 23. You're coming Episode on. 23. It means we have to go across the country. That's all right. All right. We're going to do it. Anyway, that's our podcast <laughs> in a nutshell. It's going to be Holly and I fighting or debating. 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 We fight. Anyway. It's debate. And then we're going to bring on cool people to balance out how often we fight. <laughs> and we're going to make them so uncomfortable. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Glorious. <laughs> but also, this episode, I just want to give you guys a little background on who your hosts, a.k.a. we are, what to expect from us. Everything and, and nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything. And absolutely nothing. <laughs> Just when you think you know who we are. <laughs> Wait, let's, t- let's tell how we met. So, Holly used to stalk me at the gym. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shane was a stalker. A straight up stalker. Stalked me at the gym. It's not true. Found out my... It's true. Alright, it's kind of true. Found out when I went to the gym. What do you mean found out? No, that's not... You watched? Not found you out. Found knew. out sounds terrible. Okay. Well, I would go to the gym at a certain me? time every night. And at that same certain time, she would go. So lie. I just, I just, that's not a lie. And But then I just tried to make sure I always went at that time. <laughs> and when I went and she wasn't there, I may or may not have been angry. <laughs> However, my lips were better when I was mad, so it's okay. You guys, to, what is it, preface this? Is that the right preface? word? Preface? Probably preface. <laughs> <laughs> We also don't know the English It's like a book. Like a, like a preface to a book, right? Yeah. yeah. I used to be like such a stony baloney. I used to get off work and go work out with my sister. Super stoned in these homemade, sexy homemade cut-off they shirts that Shane thought looked so good. White it trash. <laughs> but Holly was poor. Like me at the time. <laughs> and... We met because Shane dissed me in the gym and was like, um, okay. you did. I was like, did not diss you. Well, first of all, we, you told me I needed to take some weight off the machine. Because you were doing. doing the exercise wrong. <laughs> there, Holly was always with her sister all the time. And this one time she was working out by herself. So I was like, ooh, isolated. I'm going to attack. Just like every predator. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> yeah. and then disses me. And then walked away so smooth. He's like, you should take some weight off there. It's too heavy. I was like, uh, bye. <laughs> then I was like, see ya. Walked no, away. but we did used to always see each other. Oh my gosh, y'all. He used to wear these gray, light gray sweatpants. Never wear gray in the gym, ladies and gentlemen. Ever. Don't do it's it. It's not your color. I still thought you were sexy, but whenever you wear those light gray pants, I'm like, why? <laughs> just why? So you should just come up and diss me and say gray. your light gray pants are ugly. And but then I would stop wearing them. Maybe. Maybe not. Probably not. Probably would have bought all light gray sweatpants. But we never talked to each other for a long time when we would see each other. Like I would always see Shane and be like, "Ooh, who's this probably like a month. sexy dad?" You probably gave me sex eyes for a month. <laughs> oh my god! Those are Holly's words and not mine. That's what she used to call them. <laughs> Sex ass. She used to strip me naked just by looking at me. <laughs> Facts. You loved it. I just was trying to take those gray sweatpants out of my life. <laughs> uh. It's funny times. 
yeah, we met at the gym, which everyone always thinks is funny. But I used to kind of work out, but Shane was really into working out. I'm still really into working out. And I'm still kind of into working out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's perfect. But after we met this summer, I was moving to California. Yep. Holly's like, hey, I don't want a man, but I'll take a toy for two months. And I was like, all right, I'll settle for your toy. Secretly plotting. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm a wifer. Takes me ring, takes me wedding ring shopping the, what, the same week as leaving to California? Of course. I was Also like, setting that preface. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? After two months. But we did spend every day together. Every, literally. Not one day. Every day. Not one day. It's true. Went by. That we went that we, I know. We spent every single day of that summer together. Then I went to California for school and Shane followed me. Yeah, well, more or less. Shane moved out. Yeah, Holly likes to use the term follow, but that sounds terrible. Shane moved out to be with me. Such a love story. <laughs> we should we should be a Nicholas Sparks book. We should. Tell about your drive because it's hilarious. My drive. So yeah, so I packed up everything in my apartment. Not everything, but things I needed. And Nala, which is our cat. And <laughs> we drove across the country. And everyone's like, it's going to take you four or five days. 52 hours later, <laughs> Valentine's Day, pull up, Holly's school. I'm delirious. I blacked out for two days. I don't know anything. How I, much pre workout did you take? I was ta- How many I, Red Bulls? I drank two, like, Box cases of Red Bull, not the four packs, like the like, Costco, like one. the bit, not the Costco. Ones. Yeah, they're did. like they're the big ones. I probably I, every two hours I was probably either drinking Red Bull or taking pre workout to the face. Uh, I pulled over twice, once for forty minutes, and then once for like twenty or thirty minutes. Other than that, I just drove the entire time. Uh, but I made it there in two days, and that's all that mattered. Two days, you guys. And he showed up, and I was like, all right, go in the second entrance. Left and he's on a like, Monday, got there Wednesday. <laughs> on Valentine's Day. Yep. Were you trying to make it for Valentine's Day on purpose? Uh, probably. I don't really remember. Probably back then. I was also delirious, so. And when he says the car was packed, it was to the brim. <laughs> like, Nala had nowhere to go. She was, like, freaking stuck up. And Shane also couldn't light. He packed it so tight that he couldn't lay the seat back. So both times he stopped, he was sleeping straight up. I wasn't. It was like literally like a power nap. A psycho. Like would like fall That's asleep. That's li- literally then... his personality, though. That's Extremist. like a perfect definition of your Excessive. personality. Nah. The thing is, I just like to get stuff done. But a normal person would be like, "I'm going to take this opportunity because I'm probably never going to cr- like drive across country again." Well, little and I take know. this opportunity to see a but. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, little that person knowing we did it again. We drove <laughs> back to North Carolina. It's true. Well, that time, what did we do? We did stop. That's because you stuff. were there. Exactly. However, I don't care about the sightseeing. I care about the goal. You had fun seeing sex. Uh, did Oh, did the, the time coming to North Carolina. Yeah. I'm talking about going to California. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did I have fun seeing sights? Uh, good question. Would I have fun just getting to North Carolina faster? Probably. Don't lie. I don't lie. Don't lie. I don't. Fine. I would have. I, had I would have had. Correct. I would have had an equal amount of pleasure, if not slightly more, if we just made it to North Carolina <laughs> faster. <laughs> That's like, all I'm saying. I need to sleep in a bed 
and shower, even though I've been sitting in the car all day. It was fine. The trip was fine, though. Yeah. Okay. The trip there and the trip back. Yes. The trip there was nice solitude. Noonie and I bonded forever. And the trip coming to North Carolina? Let's let's dig. Let's get a little dig deep in. So that's us. That's how we met. And then we were, let, we were in California for five years, almost. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, moved to North Carolina. Now we're here now. On a whim. On a one-night decision. Yep. Literally. We were like, sitting, sitting, sitting on house. the couch. Hmm. We should move back to North Carolina. No, we should move to the East Coast. No. Did we say North Carolina? I think we did. Okay, because we were looking at a bunch of different places to move before Small Seed. Correct. And one of the places we had gone to visit was Raleigh, North Carolina, the year before we moved here. Mm-hmm. And so... The same year that we decided to move, just a few months earlier. Yeah, yeah. No, because it had been... We moved in February. Right, but I meant like when we decided it was December oh, like right, right, 28th right. or something. Yeah, weird. yeah, you're right, you're right. Anyway, but yeah, so we're like, we should move back to Raleigh before we create, like, Small Seed became like the real Small Seed it is now. And it was, we got a notice in the mail and they're like, you have to renew your lease. And, the, and it was like the decision had to be made tomorrow. And we're just like, we should move. And instantly, like, a few hours later, Emo's going talk. out. We're leaving. <laughs> like, no plan. Just this de- just a doing. decision. And then the plan comes after. That's how we make every decision. That's how you should make every business decision. We're like, okay, let's talk pros and cons, and we're making the decision tonight. Pretty much we always know what Pro, we want. Pro, do what like, you want. Con, <laughs> suffer being miserable. Always do what you want. That's not really how we do it, but that's kind of what governs everything. Pretty much. And then we just suffer the consequences like this, of... Like this podcast. This is great. Holly, I want to do the podcast, me. Eh. But if I don't do it, uh, miserable wife, miserable life, guys. <laughs> is that a happy wife? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just turned it upside down. Miserable wife, miserable life. That's also a difference between Holly and I. She's like, everything's great and glorious, and I'm like, do shit because it sucks. <laughs> or so it doesn't suck. I'm like happy dancing, and Shane's like, it's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, though. I know, it's so sad. You, live, you live life in a sad way. I live life in a different way. But speaking of, we'll go into that. I live life like that because I grew up miserable and poor in an urban community with a single mom, having nothing. And then the only way to have something, I had to go take what I wanted, uh, which eventually led to like, you know, gang banging and drug dealing. And that ultimately led to me just loving all of that stuff. Which he led me more towards, uh, you know, prison. So, <laughs> and then I emerged out of prison being a better person, uh, which we'll probably do a podcast about that because that's kind of why Holly and I met on Shane, a deeper actually, level. Shane has a really cool, ex- not many people have cool experiences in prison, but Shane had a really neat experience. I mean, other than like things we're probably will never talk about on this podcast in prison. I did have a cool experience. Yeah, I don't think we'll get into your <laughs> day to day prison life. I mean, your your overall experience of prison. I did have, or what what came out right. of prison. Um. Yeah, then I became I came out of prison a better person, and that's like that's like my backstory real quick because I think we're gonna deep dive. We'll probably deep dive into all of this. On the next episode's coming, so we spill everything out on this one. No one's gonna listen to the next ones. Well, our next ones are not technically going to be about us. Everything's always about me. 
Oh my gosh. Where did that come from? Why are you so self-obsessed? Uh, Tell us. Do you want the real truth? I do. For real? Yeah. My ego is completely fabricated. I actually created it so I can become something more. Otherwise, I think I'm nothing. So deep down, you think you're nothing? Fact. But if I openly pretend that I'm something, I actually embody it for that moment and then create something. And then eventually you will feel like you are something. I mean, that's what they say, but I don't actually know if that's true. That's called manifestation. No, I know. But I think like fake it till you make it. Some people feel like they fake it for decades, but they're still doing stuff that is moving them like towards their goal and making it happen. But I feel like like some people that we listen to who happen to have podcasts say this all the time. He's been in business 20 years and yet he still feels like a fraud. Cause deep, but that's what deep down drives him to be better. Yeah. So it's like, yes and no. That's actually a good point, though. You know, like I think about this all the time. Maybe I'll never feel like I'm good enough, but that's also why I'll always be better than everybody else because I'll work harder than everyone who thinks they're good enough. That's that's your driver. That's my 100% driver. That makes sense. Holly does not operate that way, and that's why it's confusing. <laughs> Holly thinks she's a shit. Sure. I don't. Fact. I don't. No, I really don't. I feel like I, I feel like I'm similar, but from but from a very different like perspective. Yeah, mm. viewpoint. All right, let's talk about you then. <laughs> no, I just <laughs> mic drop. I'm done. I just feel like the way that I like grew up. I feel like I was always told. I feel like a lot of people also talk about this. Which is so sad, and I never want to do this to Opal. Like, if you put your kid in a box and tell them, like, they're not smart and tell them that, like, they're behind on things, they're, they're going to grow up feeling like that's their identity. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was. Like, just because I feel like when you're little, school is everything, and I wasn't good in school. Like, literally, like, I still can't read. <laughs> still don't do things great. And... I feel like I was put in that box. So then I feel like once I started realizing what my actual skills were, which for me, I feel like that's creativity and being able to connect with people and just being very positive. I think that's the skill being positive all the time. I really try to make, is it a trait or a skill for you? I don't know. Is it something that you actively do or is it something you internally feel? I guess something I internally feel, yeah, but I also true. try to actively do mm. because I do try to show people like, even though you think you're in a bad situation, also look at these other things to do with the situation that can be seen in a positive way. Silver lining. Yeah. Cause I don't think that technically that any, situ- I don't think any situation is ever a bad situation. I think it's a way we perceive a situation to make it seem bad because I feel like you know, 10 people could experience the same situation, all 10 of those people are going to feel different about it. That's true. Being positive is a trait, but choosing to see positive when it's really, really bad is a skill. Exactly. Hmm. Because, yeah, because, like, I feel like as a child, I was told, basically, like, that you're not smart and you probably won't amount to anything. Yeah. That drives a lot of people, too. Not by my parents. By, like, society's standards or we'll, society's norms. We'll have a podcast about that, too. I feel like your parents handicapped you by giving you labels that you didn't deserve. Example A. Your chronological dyslexia. <laughs> I actually Rich do. people problems is I what I call it. Do. But, I actually okay, do have chronological have, dyslexia. You do have it, but it's not a handicap. 
Like, no, literally, no. they would call your, like, not to put anyone on blast, but it is called a handicap, and you should be treated special, and I don't think that's true. You just think differently, and that's why small seed exists. Yeah, I agree. But it's not a handicap. A lot of the most successful people, not saying I'm are the most successful dyslexic. person, are dyslexic. All of them. I love hearing people talk and say that they're dyslexic, and it helps the way that they think about things because... They're not a robot. You ha- exactly. You ha- you're forced to think outside the box right. because the box doesn't fit, doesn't make sense to you. So you're forced to think outside the box your whole life. You're not, I don't think you're forced to think outside the box. I think you think outside the box and they're trying to confine you to it and you just don't fit. Well, yeah. You have to think outside. You have to think you outside do. the box. You do. You're right. You do think outside the box because it's the only way that makes sense to you. Right. Which is what leads people to create like amazing things sounds, that have this life. Sounds like a power than a handicap to me. Amen. But yeah, I didn't really grow up like actually at all. That's we grew up the complete opposite. One hundred. Like, if you poor. could think one eighty, that is Holly and I. <laughs> actually, if I knew this is weird to say, and we'll probably talk about this someday too. If I knew Holly was a person of moderate wealth when I met her, and privilege. I would have not ever approached her way outside my <laughs> so class, bro. Weird. Way outside my class. How do you level up without someone like me around? You just force it. <laughs> <laughs> I did marry up, though. Fact. <laughs> Truth. However, I was my own progress in my life when you had nothing yes. to do with it. What? I had majors. Major impact. That's, in not, what I, that's not what I meant. I meant I am successful and you had nothing to do with like my actual obtaining success other than influencing my life in a positive manner. Yeah, you're just a hard worker, right. which I feel like is I wasn't. Your I didn't marry you and all of a sudden came money. In fact, we were so fucking broke in California, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Until I started making money. And that's why I had to make money. Anyway, back to your story that I just took over. Uh, what was I saying? You were talking about your life now. We grew up differently. Oh, yeah. We did grow up very different. I grew up with a mom and dad who are married. <laughs> my dad's also, uh, he owns businesses. He's an entrepreneur himself. Wait, and my mom, how many generation entrepreneur are you? Four, I'm the fourth generation. Is it fourth? I think you're fifth. I'm the fifth generation? I always think, yeah, you're fifth generation entrepreneur. I'm fifth generation entrepreneur. Boom. It's in my blood. Anyway, that's not fucking true. Nothing that that is not people. I don't want I don't it's want that not, to be out okay, there because people are actually like, oh, like I one hundred percent. We know people that say this are like, you could run your own business. Your mom does it, and I'm like that. You're not born with the ability it's to true. run your own business. That's it's stuff you learn DNA. and earn. Anyway, sorry. All right. Well, it, that's just a cool a cool no, side no, note no. too. Your fifth generation thing is amazing, and I think and but I do think that's a testimony to be like what you see around you, you believe you can achieve. And that's why I became a gangbang drug dealer. (laughs) Because I saw nothing but oppression. (laughs) And the only people who were making it were the people who had those things. Anyway, alright, so your dad, entrepreneur. Fifth generation entrepreneur in my family. Yes. And with a stay-at-home mom. Which was so... Which was... Why? To me, I've never met a a stay-at-home mom before in my whole entire life until I met your mom when I was 24 years old. (laughs) Which is honestly one of the greatest gifts that I feel like anyone could give their kid. Anyone, being a stay-at-home mom is hard. Like, having Opal now, I, like, give my mom props. 
It's a job that you have 24-7. You don't get time off. You don't get to go take a lunch break. You don't get to go home. It's like being an entrepreneur except with a little person nagging you all the time. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> when you have a company, that's what's going to happen anyway. A, little, a bunch of little people nagging you. to your boob all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's not that. I hope oh no one's God, attached to Jeez, there's hanging on. <laughs> no... <laughs> Seriously, props to any stay-at-home moms. It's hard work. Um, But yeah, I grew up like going on vacations and not having to worry about struggling. But I always do remember my dad working hard. Like that is one thing I do remember. So I knew what we had came from hard work. Or I knew what we had like was from teamwork in the family. And probably having a mom and dad that work together. But I definitely didn't struggle. Like, I was able to go and graduate college and do all that. So, and yeah. But from college is, like, what led us on the journey to small scene. Because it's effing ridiculous, you guys. Like, trying to get a job outside of college is ridiculous. It is the dumbest thing ever. I don't know how... Every single friend I've talked to, too, that comes out of college is, like, how everything you're applying for, it's an entry-level position paying you $10 an hour. Meanwhile, what, like, are you kidding me? I can't live on that. And they expect you to have 10 years of experience. It's like, they're not even going to give you the chance because you don't have the experience. But then also, they're paying you nothing. It's just, like, the most ridiculous thing. I feel like the job force or, like, the way that they hire is so old, like, old school, that, or unless you know someone. Like, because I went to the University of San Diego, so there was a lot of kids there who had very well-connected families, and a lot of those kids went off and did their thing and probably went to Google, like, work at Google now and work at all these big companies, probably because they're, like, interconnected somehow. But if you're just free-flowing out there, pfft, Good luck trying to get a job. <laughs> it ain't happening. Because <laughs> you don't have enough years and you are going to get paid $5. And someone's going to be behind you saying, I'll take that $5. So you can't even request, like, can I get six? <laughs> but yeah, that's what led to Small Seed. Because I was like, I just need to do my own thing. Backtracking. Holly worked with a ton of startups while she was in college. Yes, I did. I Actually, that was what I did for my internships in college because I like seeked out startup companies because I feel like everyone should work with a startup company. I think it is the greatest piece of my career up until like right now that I could have done for myself because when you work in a startup, you're so important. Even if you're just an intern, like you are a vital piece of that team. They, they express how valuable you are. If you work for any company, you're a vital piece. Like, they may not ever tell you that because you're interchangeable, but without you or someone performing the same thing you do, the company falls apart. However, because of the startup, they're new, they're fresh, they still enjoy life, they're not miserable, (laughs) and you get to actually see everyone there, and you're one of two, three, four, or ten people you understand that you're 10% or more of the company, and they understand it, and they're thankful for you. 
And when you work at a startup, I feel like nobody really knows what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. you're all just trying to figure it out. You're like, hey, let's just throw these things out there and see what sticks to the wall. Like, let's see what works. But with that being said, your voice is heard. Right. Like, you're not in a meeting where you can't talk and the only thing you're doing is taking notes. You're in a meeting where they're like, okay, what should we do? Like, what's going on? Yeah, we need everyone's... Speak yeah, up. We need let's every- try this. <laughs> exactly. And even as an intern, that's pretty, like... You could change the trajectory of an entire company. Well, which is so empowering. I mean, even as a small person at farmer's market, you can change how other people market their entire product. <laughs> Burn. Anyway, let's not talk about that. That's too deep. That was Holly, by the way. That was 100% Holly. Okay, because also Shane, when he, I don't know if you talked about this. I didn't. I skipped over Okay. I talked Go. about the Thug Life. Thug Life get, led to. I should get that tattooed on me somewhere. Please don't. Don't you have it on you? Thug I mean, life? I have real life. Oh, please. I have gangster tattooed on me. <laughs> Thugs are goons. Like, they're just muscle. Gangsters get respect. <laughs> In definition, the dictionary. Look Gangsters get respect. No, same, same with me. When I moved out to California, I didn't really, I didn't go to college. I didn't have, like, any type of degree. In fact, I just got out of prison less than a year later. It might have been a year to date. Um, and I was fortunate enough to like look up this place and apply and I applied for shipping and receiving manager. It was literally my job was to label stickers on bags <laughs> and build boxes. That was the shipping and receiving manager's job. But there were seven employees. I was one of seven and I just worked really hard and I offered to do everything all the time, no matter what. Uh, and that was recognized because of such a small company and the owner recognized it. And every time there was a problem, I just told him I'd do it. And I never really asked for anything in return. I just always told him I'd do it. And six months later, I was running the company, which is amazing. Kid didn't go to college, 24 years old, running a company that was worth $1.6 million in revenue a year. Side note. That is exactly what can happen at a startup. Right. That's, that's See, why that's startups the are thing. phenomenal. That's the thing about a startup. You're right. You were someone with, like, no experience in that field. Zero. Not, no experience in that field. Just a hard worker. You didn't have the schooling of it or, like, the quote-unquote schooling right. that someone would want. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that was But it. that's just, you're like, the amazing it. part about a startup. Yeah. And that's... And so that's, you're running the company so six startups. months later. Yeah, six months later. And then we just keep growing it. And, like, every, like, everything, every move that the company made was completely, like, my idea or my employees' idea because I valued my employees a lot. I called them my employees. They really weren't mine. But, like, I embodied that company so much, like, I felt like it was mine. Um, which also happens when I started because I just, I just, like, because I had so much influence on it, I felt like I was a part of it. You're like so truly invested it. in yeah. it. It becomes, like, part <clears throat> of your identity because... Also, when it's a startup, you see it go from baby to medium to, like, to teenager to adult to, like, you watch it grow, and at each step, you're there, and you're so excited, and that's what keeps you excited, because you're watching it evolve. Constantly progress. And you're part of the evolution. You're like, I made that decision. Look at how that decision has affected the entire company. Look how amazing the company is doing because of my decision right there. Side note, that's how we get excited about life, guys. Progress makes you excited accomplishing things makes you excited everyone's like i want to be happy doing nothing you will be miserable forever just a side note as it's a cool correlation you get excited when things happen period anyway so i was running the company um by six months of being there uh 
and then I stayed with the company four years. I had an amazing team who helped me do all of it. Uh, and by the, by the fourth year when I left to help Holly continue to grow Small Seed, we we're going to close out the year at like $10 million. And if anyone knows anything about math, that is like 0.01% of all companies can do that in that time frame. And that was because of me and my, and my team. <laughs> my hard it was because work. of me and the team I built. Because my team wouldn't have been the same. Like I did, I built my entire team from scratch because they were all people who were just like me. No experience, shitty backgrounds, wanting an opportunity. And they all worked so hard to get what they have now. That's why hard work pays off. And that's why startups are amazing. Amen. Startups are amazing. You can you can come from nothing and and a billionaire. That's I mean That's every, like every startup story. story. That's literally <laughs> every startup story. Like you don't hear many successful startups that are like, I went to Yale and then I had this idea and then now I'm like this huge company. It's like I started this in my garage. <laughs> right. What was that? Harley, Apple. There's like four huge companies that started literally in their garage. Whoever knew Harley started in the garage? That's pretty cool. I didn't. What Harley Davidson? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. The motorcycle company mm-hmm. started in a garage. Started in a garage. Like that. What like, like fixing like, a motorcycle like or something? Literally. Or customizing motorcycles. They what built, is Harley? They built, they built motorcycles. Oh, they're they're an actual. We have a Harley outside. I know. I, know. I just like. <laughs> anyway, they're like one of the best. They're probably the best American motorcycle. They are the best American motorcycle. But they started like their actual LLC of like three of them like in a garage. That's neat. I didn't know that. So cool. Apple too. And there's like two other ones I can't think of. No, there's but, way more than two other. But ones. I meant like there's always like these four that people are like, boom, because they're massive now. Bill Gates. Who cares about Microsoft? I'm just <laughs> I think kidding. he started in his garage. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think he did. <clears throat> there's a lot of companies that started in their garage. So, to get back on track, speaking of, a lot of these episodes will be like this. We're gonna go on little tangents and riffs because like that's how we come up with great ideas. One, but that's also how. We just communicate with each other and why nothing ever happens, and yet everything seems to happen all the time. All of the time. It's weird. Yeah, we like we just rift. Is that the right word? Yeah, but rift I, off of each other. I think it's also because we remember things. Like we'll just go, 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 and then like out of all that going, there'll probably be like three or four great ideas that will stay with us until we do them. Oh yeah, right, definitely. We also like to bounce things off of each other because I'm genius. We just know, like, kind of what the other person needs to hear to get motivated to know what they want to do. To know what they already know they want to do. Right. Does that make sense? I never talk to someone for their opinion. However, I'll talk to someone to hear myself talk so I can hear what I have to say backwards (laughs) and be like, you're right, that makes sense. Thanks for listening because you didn't have to say nothing at all. I'm right. That's all that matters. Yeah, usually when someone comes to you for advice, they're not actually looking for your advice. They want you to agree with what they're agreeing with so they feel confident. Yeah. I don't need that stuff, though. But I feel like that's a funny thing that people do. It is funny that people do that. Just okay. you're a cool person. Just be happy with who you are. Anyway, keep going to the backstory. Holly graduated college after doing all these startups, worked for a real company, super miserable, Came to me one day, broken, upset, because corporations suck <laughs> the life out of all humanity. <laughs> it's true. We'll probably have podcasts on that, too. I actually have a cool friend that might talk about this with me. Um, and then I was just like, you don't need the job, because I was a baller, 
and I was making enough money to support both of us, which was great, considering I had no money four years ago. <laughs> Zero. Anyway. Oh, all right. There's literally never been another time where a husband, where, um, were we married? No, we weren't no, married. We weren't. Where, were we just boyfriend and girlfriend? No, we weren't. We're, no, we no. weren't. We were fiance. We were, uh, yeah, we, we were, were engaged. engaged. Yeah. Um, where you're, you come home one day and you're like, I'm effing miserable. And your fiance just looks at you straight in the face and is like, if you are miserable, quit your job. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to. And he's like, just do it. And I literally went to the next day and quit my job. Yeah, because no one. But it wasn't even the fact that you could support. Like, obviously, yes, it was the fact that you could support us was, I'm sure, like a major thing. But it's also like you just didn't want me to be miserable. Yeah, like even if we had a downgrade, like who cares? Because that's what you said. You were like, I just, you are so miserable that you are just like. And Holly's not a miserable person. So to witness Holly being miserable, like, sh- like things just have to be bad. Like, they just have to be terribly bad. They were terribly right. bad. Right, they were terribly bad. But anyway, so that's what happened. And then she went on this little, like, hiatus of doing absolutely nothing and enjoying <laughs> life. <laughs> oh, it's the best, it's the best <laughs> so month. She, because school was really hard. And then this was, like, her, like, relax. But during this relaxation, she decided that her real passion was to start a cafe, which she wanted to do a long time ago. Um, and she started building this crazy long business plan for it. I literally wrote, like, a 52-page business plan. Yeah, and it, it was only 70% done. I it was It was essentially, like, the outline and a couple of fill-ins of the outline. Yeah. But it was going to be massive. Because, um, obviously, to do that, we're going to have to bring in, like, bigger people. And then during this process of creating it, we got married. Um, I was working, I was work, I was just doing like, I was in the industry, so I was oh like yeah. serving and hostessing and doing all that. To learn different roles yeah. for the cafe. Exactly. Because you had no experience. Exactly. I was super passionate about like, I knew what I wanted the cafe to be, but I had no experience even like working in a restaurant at all, so I had to like go out see what it's like, see what the front of the house is like, see what the back of the house is like, learn kind of the politics of how how you run a company. During that time, Shane and I were both so busy that I started making small seed bars <laughs> for us just as a snack, like to eat. Also, real quick backstory, we got like super into health and just became like psychopaths on like ingredients and what's in our food and just like everything that did we go gluten free at that time too we were way glu- we were gluten free before that we were gluten free before that yes. and dairy free at yeah. that yeah. yeah and then okay so then when we went vegan i was like there are no good bars out here like i just want something quick fast easy and so i started making these for us Literally just played around in the kitchen. Like, okay, I think this will be good. I literally thought of a cookie. I'm like, a cookie with protein. Make it into a bar. That's what it is. And then what we started eating them. And all of our friends and coworkers were like, these are so good. You guys should sell these. And that's how Small Seed was born. That is how Small Seed was born. Backtrack, though, just to talk about what Holly was talking about earlier. Because I didn't want to interrupt her. Because I'll probably do that a lot. However, I held that one in. I think a cool thing to think about was, and this is where a lot of people have a problem doing, is like you literally became a hostess, and this is called humbling yourself. And most people will never get anything they want because they refuse to start at the bottom. Like, they absolutely refuse. They think they're just too fucking good to do anything, and they're super arrogant, and that's why you will be miserable forever. But I just thought, like, that was a cool little side note to think about. 
When you were building the cafe thing. Yeah. Because I had graduated. Like, I yeah. graduated. Graduated from the Harvard you- of West Coast. Like, <laughs> you had a crazy awesome degree and literally chose. And got a job in my degree that, right. like, I was getting paid decent, not yeah. horrible. I mean, not great, but not horrible. I was getting paid decent. Got a job in my field. Literally hated it. Couldn't possibly hate it more. <laughs> Side note. Never choose money over. Never choose money for misery. How's that? Ooh. Tagline. Hashtag. I'm going to make a post about that on my Instagram. Shane McKinnon. <laughs> Go follow me if you want to read the post. If you want to get punched in the face sometimes on social media from Raw Truth, my Instagram is Shane McKinnon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're about to sign out. <laughs> BRB for uh, next week. <laughs> no. So small seed, small, Holly started creating these for us and people really love them. So Holly decided she's going to do farmer's markets and that's when I actually came in to help her probably like, uh, like a, well, well you started experimenting these in February. Yeah. And then when we came back from our wedding. May. May was when we did our first farmer's Right. Market. I was going to say, when we came back from, when we were going to our wedding, Holly was like, when I get back, I want to do farmer's market. So as soon as we got back, it was like May 4th, uh, Holly, Holly signed up. And that's when she needed me because like my, in my industry, I did food and I knew like the San Diego Health Department and all that stuff. So I helped her file permits. And that was like my first introduction into small seed. Um, yeah. Shane's, I'm like the creative one and the like recipe person and then Shane's like everything else. <laughs> Shane's are Holly's our visionary. Like that's actually Shane's like the what ex- you executor. Are. And you are multiple things now. But like yeah. in the beginning, in the very beginning, Holly was all vision, which you can't create anything without vision. And I was her worker. I'm not like tethered down, which you can like tether me down. Cause I feel like I have ideas that are like, ah, I have so many ideas. But like if you just have ideas See, you can have a lot of really good ideas, but not be really good at executing those ideas. That's true. That's cool. That's, I yeah. feel like you're really good at executing, and I'm really good at ideas. Right. I have less ideas. You tell me what you want, and I'll make it happen. Exactly. I'm good at that. That's my executing. superpower. Yeah. Or like making someone's idea better. That, like, okay, this that's is, actually my real this is how I th- This is how I'm doing it. This is how I think I should be doing it. And then you look at it and you're like, actually, I'm, I'm, you can be doing it like this, which is going to cut this time off, which is going to cut this cost, which is going to do this and that. I like to make things work better. Yeah. Right. That's like your that's secret re- That's weapon. really what I'm good at. And I'm going to be great at helping other companies in about 10 years. Watch me. Watch me. So anyone who wants to Everyone who wants to have a start. No. Everyone who has already started a startup. Because if you hit the amount of people that hit me up and are like, I want to start a company and have done no research. You haven't even created a product. Go fucking suck it. So I don't have time <laughs> Whoa, for that. Whoa, this had no source until that. <laughs> that's, my, that's, like my, that's like my fourth F. You F-bombed on here? Yeah, I thought we were making it explicit. <laughs> All right, now it's explicit. Whatever. But anyway, those people, you drive me mad. Now, if you create a product, you already have it. You're, you're building what you want and you're, you need direction. I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah. Well... Okay, that's actually going to be a whole other podcast. Right, but anyway, yeah. back to small seed. Let's just wrap it up. Farmer's market. Wait, we got to finish small seed. Oh. So we went, okay, I'll just go, boom, really fast. <laughs> we did farmer's markets. Holly got her first wholesale account in September, and that's when I decided to leave the company I was at and help yes. Holly build small seed. 
to be what it is for like more wholesale distribution. And then two months later, Holly and I became pregnant, who is now Opal, who is an amazing vegan baby, who is glorious. She's a vegan savage. Um, and then that's Check why... Check her I, out. Yeah, Opal Grace. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, and, then, and then, so after becoming pregnant, we were like, wow, we can't have a baby and a company in California because it's, it's just so outrageous. Expensive. Also, I, I would never want Opal to grow up on the West Coast for reasons I'll leave unannounced. Why? We might want to move back there one day. After she's already established somewhat of her personality. So then, when that's why when we got that notice for our lease being up, we're like, let's just move back to the East Coast and start over there. And we loved Raleigh. So after we chose Raleigh, and then after and then after choosing Raleigh, we're like, this is perfect for our, like our target market. And then whoop, packed up our entire house, drove across the country with Lolly and Pops, which is Opal's grandparents on Holly's side. Made it to. Not Raleigh, lived with Holly's cousin. Thank you for having us because it would never even happened, but it was in the middle of nowhere and I, we got so depressed. <laughs> and then we made it to Raleigh and we were like alive and happy. We found the kitchen space, which is wonderful. And we were nobody. And even being nobody, like we still got attention of like cool, pe- cool vegan people here. Also, guys, we were like nobody, and we got written up in the Raleigh magazine. Oh yeah, like that we were legit like... nobody, and they found us, and we're like, because they they know like we have potential. Our bars are freaking amazing. They are. If you haven't tried them, if you don't know who Small Seed is, go check out Small Seed. If you don't know Small Seed, you don't know us. Anyway, <laughs> um, but it's it's like. And now we've, we like rebranded three times since we've been here, which is really cool. Three, yeah, like our logo and our packaging. But anyway, and now it's a year later, we're established, we're a company. Like we have a great reputation here in North Carolina. We're expanding outside of here. Like our bars have never been better than they are right now. And huge people talk about them. And small people who matter even more than those huge people talk about them too. Everyone. Pretty much everyone who has tried them enjoys them. Because they were made for everyone. Right. Like, they weren't made, like, most bars are made for, like, I guess most, quote-unquote, protein bars are made this. for fitness people. Most bars are made for profit, and that's not what we do. Yeah. And they're, like, they don't care if they taste like absolute shit. Because or they don't care if there's crappy better. ingredients. Oh, yeah. Like, that also. There's, there's zero compromise, and Holly made a cool tagline. That I really love that we should put on everything. Convenience without compromise. Oh, yeah. That was the That's quite... If you could sum up our bars, that's exactly what they are. They're everything you possibly need nutrient-wise. They taste phenomenal. And there's no crap in them at all. You don't have to compromise your health or your taste buds. Or your morals. Or your morals. Because you're trying to eat something fast. Yeah. It's it's like... It's perfect. Anyway. It's the the perfect (laughs) protein bar. But so, <laughs> so this is us. This is uh, what's the name of our podcast? <laughs> this is gonna happen a few times. Holly made the name. I asked him if he liked it. I did like Small it. Small seed, big impact. No, that's that's the that's the article. That's the no, article dude, that's, in the magazine. That's the name of this podcast. Small seed, big impact. Yeah. That's the name of our podcast. Yes. What's the name of our podcast? Literally, small seed, big impact. That's not it. Yes, it is. No. We're going to wrap it up, and uh, you got to join us. <laughs> I think we're going to try to do it every week or every other week. No. What? It has to every be every week? week. Okay. We'll be on here every week. We're going to drop. We're gonna make a commitment to drop one podcast on the same day every week. See you next week, and 
Thanks so much for listening in. Oh, yeah. Also, you know, if you have a spare minute, <laughs> let us know what you thought of this week's podcast um, on social media. Or even better. No. Everyone, Holly's going to be nice about this. Go write us a review so everyone can find us. Then go DM me on Instagram because <laughs> I want to know what you think. And if you're going to talk me shit too, to me, be ready because I'm going to talk shit back. Me too. No, five stars only, guys. All right, we're out. We're done.